welcome to the Wodesman Podcast, catching up with all things bushcraft, wild camping and the great outdoors. So a few episodes back, we asked our listeners to think about what skills they wanted to work on in 2022. And we've had an absolute influx of responses, haven't we, Liam? It has been, yeah, just so many replies. It's great. It's great to hear everyone's New Year's resolutions, um, bush solutions, as we coined it. So um, I think it's time we read a few of those out. Do you want to go ahead and start there, Tom? Because we've got such a good list of, of different ones, haven't we? Absolutely. So the first one in is from uh, the Stake Detective. What an amazing name. <laughs> if, awesome. if you're a detective of something, it might as well be uh, <laughs> the old red meat. Uh, and he wrote in and he said, I say great podcast, old chaps. 2022 equals more wild camping and steak cooking behind enemy lines. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. I'd tell you what, I've had some of the state detective source when I was out with Craig from East Anglian Bushcraft. Um, it was called Squadron Leader, and that is on my list to get. I still haven't ordered it, which I'm going to do after this episode. So, um, yeah, one to try out, Tom. <laughs> Brilliant. No, I'm up for that. And, yeah, the more steak and more time spent outdoors, the better. So great bush solutions there, state detective. Thank you for writing in. Yeah, really, really like that one. And um, Jordan... Saunders follows quite swiftly after that one to say he wants to pack smartly because he always overpacks and he's loving the podcast and just wants us to keep it up. So, yeah, massive thank you, Jordan. Packing is always something that's a really, really important part of bushcraft. Um, I always struggle with kind of overpacking things. And lately I can't I kind of uh, have said to myself, I've got to keep packing light. So well done. Smart move. And one I think we can all agree with. <laughs> 100%. And Drabbers, our boy Drabbers, wrote in and 100% agrees with Jordan. His first yeah. push solution <laughs> is to learn to pack smarter. So uh, thanks, Drabbers. I think I agree with that. Like, yeah, learning to pack smarter is a, is a great thing to focus on in 2022. Secondly, he says he wants to cook different and better food when out in the woods. Always me and Liam, <laughs> Absolutely. Me and Liam have been talking this week about our next trip and we've been like talking about how we want to make different recipes and things like that and thirdly i think the best of all three bush solutions from drabbers yeah is that he wants to take his kids out more and what a brilliant nice. aim yeah oh man <laughs> touches the heart when when i was a kid i used to love going out in the woods so um they're gonna love it what an awesome dad <laughs> absolutely and it's like even in in my early videos and even my some of my later ones you see my dad and yeah. just that's a relationship that like time spent out in the woods with your 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 dad or your kid your kids is just unbeatable so um good for you drabbers and thank you for your little message you sent with your bush solutions he said listen to all three episodes and each have been interesting keep them coming um thank you mate really appreciate that and uh, cheers for writing in yeah that means a lot and i met up with drabbers at the east anglian community camp awesome guy so definitely go check out his page on instagram drabbers into the bush and he's followed again by james weber who's a old school friend of mine we went to um school when we were in primary school and uh, lower schools together i haven't actually seen james in person for so many years but he listens to the Wozeman podcast and checks out our channel which is amazingly appreciated um, and he says he wants to get out and experience the woods with liam with me um, and he said the woods are where he finds himself most chilled and relaxed and likes to clear his head and it would be great to learn more about them and i'd absolutely love that 
Um, I'd love to get out in the woods with James and especially as he made some awesome Wodesman YouTube videos, didn't he, Tom? Um, he did. It absolutely blew me away when Liam Liam sent me the the work James had done for us. Uh, just out of the blue, sent these amazing YouTube videos of our podcast made by James. So massive thank you, James. Um, really appreciate it, and what an amazing job you've done of those videos. Yeah, they're really good. Just what we were after, and it means that um, our podcast is now on pretty much every platform out there so if you do have youtube go out subscribe to the wordsman podcast and uh, if you don't have spotify or anything then you can listen on there um so that yeah again thanks so much james and that brings us to our next bush solution which is gavin gavin wrote in and he said my bush solution great word is to get fit if i only honed my fitness as much as i do my knives and axes great <laughs> podcast guys and a happy new year gavin aka barney's bimbles on instagram uh, great page on instagram i follow it uh, really worth yep. checking out and uh, what an amazing uh, sort of tongue-in-cheek <laughs> thing about needing to hone his fitness like he hones his knives and axes i think i'm the same my my knives are way sharper than my fitness um yeah it's something i want to work on just because if you're fit when you're out in the woods um nothing gets in the way of you having a good time uh, yeah. so something i want to work out and do a bit more exercise this year just to get my fitness back even myself you know i can uh, i get really out of breath sometimes so it's something i want to work on just a little bit more weight on the back and get used to those longer expeditions i guess <laughs> yeah it's a good it's a good one so thank you so much gavin great yeah, one thank you and um that's followed on by gareth moore and he says he wants to spend time taking his daughter out for wild camps in the wood and then chilling out by the fire with a bottle of whiskey once the wife takes her home and that doesn't sound <laughs> like too bad of a shout at all and again just like drabbers taking your children out into the woods is probably some of the best quality time you can have with them so make sure to definitely um follow that through because not only will you enjoy it so much and make some good memories but she will and she'll remember them all throughout her life and uh, the whiskey well that would just be an extra treat that i know <laughs> me and tom would both appreciate as well 100 <laughs> percent. i'm eyeing up my bottles of whiskey as we speak so <laughs> gareth let us know what what your favorite scotch or whiskey uh, whether you like american sort of rise or bourbons or whether you're a, a single malt scotch kind of guy i love my whiskeys it'd be great to hear hear from you on that one Definitely. and that brings us to des catties and this is a, a long one so um we might uh we might swap halfway through reading this one out to give me a bit of a break yeah that um, sounds good <laughs> so des catties he wrote in really kindly and said hello chaps firstly great podcast enjoying it I've been finding myself jumping in the conversation with blokes at work probably thinking I'm a nutter chatting to myself so bush solutions I personally don't have any I personally find myself just getting out there and doing it you never stop learning I will however introduce different stuff just for content value on my YouTube channel as we probably all do I think we all are planning that like me and Liam are currently planning some skills videos yeah and um yeah, I think that's a brilliant one, Des Catties. Uh, get get some different content in, on your channel and and um, yeah, just just practice your skills. As you say, we're always always learning. So yeah, and talking about his YouTube channel, it's actually really really good. So definitely go out check it out. It's really nice to see different people and their kind of take on um, you know their camps and different different ideas in bushcraft. That's what it's all about. And he um, he goes on from there to say. Though at the moment, he's currently working on his own oil skin tarp making from scratch, which is really cool because that links into our, our previous episode all about traditional gear, doesn't it? Um, 
you know, episode three, where we discuss the Bush illusions. Um, and he says, as for traditional or modern gear, he wonders if Nesmuk would have been used um, more modern stuff if it was around back then. Um, it, it brings up a, a good question, doesn't it? Um, like, yeah, for sure. You know, especially like what we discussed, that place of traditional gear. So good point there, Des. Yeah, I mean, he references Nesmuk. Uh, Nesmuk's book um, is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, George Washington Sears, uh, the author, otherwise known as Nesmuk. And yeah, I reckon he would have used some of the things if they were available. I think he would, He he's very much like things that work, isn't it? Yeah. So I think he would sort of cream off the, the modern stuff that work better, maybe like um, I don't know, modern knife steels or, um, I don't know, some advancements to um, backpack design, things like that. Yeah. Um, but then I also think he wouldn't have been into the ultralight stuff. Um, no. <laughs> I think he would want Probably stuff that durable. lasts. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just yeah. my two cents on it. No, definitely. And he, he finishes off by saying, me personally, if it works, I don't really care what it looks like. I personally like to go quite lightweight if possible. But on the flip side... The swag can make the appearance, so it's the horses for courses. My finger aches from typing. Keep up the great work. And if you're ever def desperate and want to get a guest, he's happy to come and chat. So thanks ever so much, Des. We'll definitely have to get him on. So that was a really awesome message there from Des. Uh, Des Catty, so thanks for that. And then we have another one from Bree Larkin. Uh, my bush illusion is pretty basic this year. I just want to get back out. We haven't been out in probably 10 or so years since moving and we're making plans to get out in the backcountry soon. This really brought a smile to my face when I read this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a really nice, humble comment, isn't it? Absolutely. Like for someone who hasn't been out in the woods, in the wilderness for 10 years doing bushcrafty stuff, now actually really wants to get back out there. Go for it. I really, really, uh, really encourage you to, to do that, Brie. Thank you so much for getting in touch. And if you want any advice or you want to tell us how your trip goes, please do get in touch with us. Um, and yeah, we, we'd love to hear how that goes for you. Re uh, sort of discovering the outdoors is so exciting. I'm really excited for you. Um, yeah, we're getting a buzz just after <laughs> reading <laughs> that. Um, brings all sorts of excitement going out and exploring. And after 10 years, you're going to have some good fun. Uh, I can guarantee it. And Finn Butler finishes off today for the Bush Illusions on this episode, and I'm sure we're going to get more. So do keep them coming in if you feel like you want to, and we'll keep reading them out because obviously some people are going to discover the podcast a little bit later than the guys who are already listening. Um, but going on to what Finn says, he says he's binged all the episodes in a day. Lovely stuff, boys. Really enjoyable. And it's just what he was looking for. So although it's not a Bush Illusion as such, it's a really nice message and um, really heartfelt. So thank you ever so much. Absolutely. And we did promise you one extra Bush Illusion. So since we talked, I've actually made another one. Um, yeah. Thanks to TJ Into the Wild, I have become obsessed with catapults again. <laughs> um, so my bush solution is to be able to hit a barn door with a catapult. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good bush solution. It's, uh, it's a hard thing actually getting your aim point on with a catapult. Um, so a really, really good skill to be learning, Tom. I really like that. <laughs> Absolutely. And TJ's been helping me all the way. So um, it's, it's been great learning from him. 
And that about summarizes our little introduction to today's episode. It's sort of an episode within an episode. And yep. we have a really exciting rest uh, of uh, today's episode. We have a, a very, very special guest that we'd like to welcome on. Yeah, absolutely. So without further ado, we'd like to welcome Joe Price from Living to Learn. How are you, buddy? How you doing, guys? How you doing? It's nice to nice to finally talk to you. Thanks for thanks for having me on. No, yeah, thanks thank for you. coming. It's honestly been one of those things um, that we've been, we've been so excited for, actually, since we've had it in the diary, haven't we, Tom? <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. We've been like making loads of notes about questions we want to ask you. And <laughs> <laughs> no, How can cool. we put that's Joe cool. on the spot? <laughs> <laughs> that's it. He's like, we got him in the hot seat now. So what can we, what can we ask him? But no, I, I do appreciate being on it. I, I like these long format talks, you know, the the Instagram live talks and stuff are, are great, but they're very off the cuff. So a chance yeah. to sit down and with two guys with a an open ended time slot is, is fantastic. It's always great. Yeah, well, I think it's, um, you know, we first wanted to say a big thank you, um, not only for coming on to the show, but for everything you do in the community. Uh, we both appreciate that so much. Um, we're always talking about little things that you shared because there's <laughs> such a myriad of, of knowledge that you have within the bushcraft world. And I think um, it's evident that's why you're where you are now. So, um, you know, we both respect you a lot, don't we, Tom? So absolutely. It's, uh, yeah, a big thanks, really. Oh, yeah. no, thank you, guys. I mean, it's uh, it's it's nice to to hear that feedback back, you know, because sometimes you can you can get a bit lost in these things. And at the end of the day, you 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 put up these posts and um, send these things out into the world, hoping that you, you don't think anybody listens. So, you know, you genuinely don't. So it, it is nice when, when someone comes along and goes, oh, hey, you know, I like this post. I keep up the good work. I mean, everybody needs a boost every now and again. So thanks no, for that, definitely. guys. I appreciate it. No, it's, nice. it's, it's great. Like, I think I, I was talking to Liam about this, like the the consistent quality of both the writing and the photos that you, that you share. Uh, it just it helps push other people to be better, if that makes sense. Like, <laughs> you actually up the production quality of their of their work and also the the quality of their writing and research. And so, yeah, massive thank you for everything you do for the community. Yeah, it's funny you say that, Tom, actually, because um, Joe, you probably you probably aren't aware of this, um, but one of your posts a few years ago actually had a big significance on me. I was alongside Tom, actually. Tom is a big carver, um, and he's always mm. been a real good master of feather six ever since I've known him. Um, <laughs> and also, as as of you, Joe, um, and it was through a post where you said, actually, I'm going to practice one of these a day. Um, mm. And also Tom's photos of him doing similar things you know like every every other day he'd be sending me these monster curls and I'd be, <laughs> you know, um, it just inspires me to push further every time and now I'm also the one who will send Tom you know better and better curls every time yeah oh, good man good man so yeah thanks on that also <laughs> yeah well I hear it's it's it it's it's the power of little things you know I think uh, I think people underestimate the power of just taking these uh, super small accumulative steps and before you know it you're all of a sudden you're you're at where you want to be so it's yeah. it's nice to hear that because that's the whole ethos of what i i try and do i may not be uh what some may consider uh, i mean i wouldn't even consider myself an expert in really anything but the whole point of what i do is to is to try and you know drive people on to get to where they want to be so we can all stand in the same place yeah 
Hundred percent, and it's a great ethos. I mean, like it goes back to the heritage of my my original bushcraft was just done in the garden. My first two years yep. was literally just <laughs> like learning how to make feather sticks, and I like did my first friction fire by just like spending hours and hours like and set after set of failure just in the garden, and then mm. gradually those steps transitioned into confidence to actually then go out in trip on trips and things so i think that what you said there the little incremental increases towards being confident and competent is definitely a great way of looking at things oh it is and 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 once you kind of under understand that i mean i i i think it's it's pretty cool that you bring up the 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 home the front garden or the the back garden kind of bushcraft stuff because it's 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 where you do hone your skills i mean you don't want to uh you don't want to be trying to do stuff in the rain and figuring out how to do a marlin spike hitch <laughs> when your tarp is already halfway down the side of the mountain <laughs> and, and that has happened to me that has happened to me I, I lost a poncho on a mountain one time and i think it's oh, still no. blowing around up there you know? <laughs> just, just because i never practiced to put it on i mean the storm came in and i was out on a walk in the wicklow mountains and the storm came in and my poncho was still fresh in the pack I don't know what, so I I take it out and it's one of those ones with hoods and no arms and all sorts of twisted around, went over my face, I was completely blind, you know what I mean? I decided to take it off my head and whoosh, off across the mountain she went. So <laughs> was now poncholess, you know what I mean? And I was imagining landing on the windscreen of somebody's car driving down the road. I was like, oh no. So um I, that's when I took started to started to really take doing stuff at home a lot more seriously. No, definitely. I mean, when I when I went to my first early courses, I, mm. before any course I did, I would would practice and train just like a sport. Like um, it was my hobby. So I was before before a trip or a course or even just an overnight in a in a like a campsite, I'd be practicing weeks in advance, <laughs> making sure that I, I wasn't going to make a absolute tip myself. <laughs> No, you don't, you don't. And and trust me, I mean, regardless of how hard we try, we always will. But it's yeah. it actually became such a huge prevalence in 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 my outdoor learning that it's 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 even in 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 a book that I'm writing at the moment. You know that it's uh, which is is a kind of a loosely based um in, uh, beginner's kind of guide to the outdoors. No, nice. and I just I just went back to that place where we're talking about now. You know, it's always good to do a bit of reflection, and and no yeah. one really really champions doing stuff like that at home like having a sleeping bag you know and just putting it in your in your home like some people are, are kind of claustrophobic they don't know about zipping the hood up over your head getting in with all your kit it could be a bit crazy to try and do that on the ground even in the summer for the very first time so yeah definitely i, I don't think anybody's i mean my poor neighbors have seen me they've seen me do all sorts of setups in my backyard <laughs> you know tripod hammock beds and everything just just to kind of see what way it works because the last thing i want to be doing is figuring this out on the at the start of a four-day weekend in the woods yeah no absolutely it's funny because my my neighbors see me kind of develop throughout my years and years of interest and kind of starting off wearing like you know outfits of native americans being a really young kid kind of <laughs> enjoying the outdoors in a whole totally different way but still having a campfire and now progressing onto these you know bushcraft and friction fire and like you say putting up a hammock in the garden and just testing out to make sure i'm not going to get completely uh, <laughs> you know, completely ruined in, in the night when i'm going out camping um 
but th- those experiences that always live with you a little bit as well and I, I love that Tom's channel as well is uh you know even still aptly named back garden bushcraft <laughs> yeah, <laughs> brilliant, Tom. Brilliant. yeah I thought it'd be wrong to change it because it's it's where I came from it's my roots really so I did I, I cringed though because I, I went back to my earliest videos and I w- re-watched my channel trailer and there's a <laughs> there was a clip on it of me like trying to do like tricks with my flint steel like, <laughs> whirling it around my finger like trying to get sparks just looking like thinking I was the coolest person in the world um, and yeah I, I just I had to turn it off I couldn't watch it it was embarrassing but that's oh, no, I love so, it I, I uh, love it I use um I use my YouTube channel. I think it was a because uh, uh, I've two now. I've 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 since kind of almost bookmarked Living to Learn, which would be the original YouTube channel I have. Um, and it was a collective of of all the Living to Learn guys. I mean, there's over 200 videos on there. You yeah. know, 20 I think. Um, but I use it as a way of of catalog and sharing my journey like you guys like like most people would do i had no intentions of of fame or anything on the back end of it not what i was doing anyway so uh, but it definitely was going to be my my place to learn yeah and there's a i think it's greek mythology i, I guarantee you we're going to have people screaming at the radio now um but there, <laughs> there, there was a king either in greek or roman mythology and he he wanted a ring made and on this ring he wanted an inscription that would make him feel happy um, when he was sad and make him sad when he was happy and they came back to him and that's where that famous saying comes from this too shall pass you know yeah. um, and that that's kind of what I use my YouTube channel for because like some days we all have good days I mean I would be I'd be lying if I didn't say I have a good day like the um, yesterday I was on the phone to a big knife retailer and Field and Steel is now moving into stateside places hey, and i mean i saw that i was really big congratulations oh thank you so much and that's uh, that's a dude you need on the podcast steve is, steve oh, is yeah. awesome um i've actually got so, my field and still here <laughs> <laughs> that's cool nice no, he's a fantastic knife maker so when you have a day like that i mean i was feeling feeling on top of the world and i'm like cool but the one thing that i i i don't like to do and it's because of of having such a good circle of friends around me that uh uh, and watching other people fall on their own sword, so to speak, naturally, yeah. um, that your 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 ego or and stuff like that can get super inflated really quickly in this game, you know, really really quickly. So that's what I use my YouTube channels for. It's my this too shall pass ring because then I go on some <laughs> some evenings and I'll, I'll like today for example just to kind of give myself a laugh and put me back in into the game in the in the right headspace. I went on <laughs> and it's still on there where I made a bow saw. One of my one of my earlier bow saws, and I swear to God, it was like trying to you could like trying to saw a log with a wonky IKEA chair. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can see the struggle. There's this big forty six inch bow saw that's held together with every knot that I do, and it could barely cut a twig, barely cut a twig. <laughs> so then then I kind of say to myself, right, Joe, you know, get get back on the ground. Now we're cool. We could we could get back to where we started. <laughs> because it that's it's a danger to have that um to have that ego run wild, you know. Yeah. Yeah, no, it really isn't. It's something we wanted to, you know, touch base on because it's something we all feel quite strongly about. I, you know, I think I know me and Tom do personally and, you know, especially reading some of your material lately, Joe, it's um, brought up that conversation, which is really good to have that there's, you know, it should be left at the door, shouldn't it, really? Um, it's, it's it's the totally wrong kind of thing to be having an ego in because it will bite you, um, yeah. especially when you need it. <laughs> which is the most important part 
you know you want to rely on mm. these skills and you want to rely on your knowledge and if you if you allow that ego to manifest into a kind of a perverse confidence then it can get quite dangerous mm. Mm. so uh yeah i guess it's something that's you know really important to, to all of us and would you say that's something that you've seen in bushcraft quite oh yeah you know, quite prevalent yeah, yeah. or yeah no i mean I've, it, it's it's something that is a it's almost a human condition you know it's 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 part of what we do i mean you do often see people showing around things like the dunning kruger effect you know have you ever heard of that um i've heard it being passing said but not yeah explain yeah, well, the, it to me further yeah no problem well the the dunning kruger effect uh super oversimplified is this um confidence curve that it, it, it's almost yeah. like that beginners have you know you know that you, so no, you I, get yeah. in you learn a bit of ferro rod stuff all of a sudden you think, <laughs> you think you're, you're a game <laughs> yeah, yeah that's it your confidence is up here and then as you get deeper into the subject well yeah, then you find that you know nothing yeah exactly yeah. so um now that's what i mean ego could be enough to get a to get a person uh, started i mean but it should because you, you kind of have to you have to i mean no one wants to believe that they're going to go out and get wet and be miserable. You, you, you want to think you're Arnold Schwarzenegger and Predator. You know what yeah. I mean? Go, go around covered in mud and stuff like that. So it, it's it's important to get started. But ego ego will light the will light the fire, but it will also stop it from growing. And that's yeah. and that's the problem that I do see happen. And it'll also stop you from learning. Um, so humility when it comes to the outdoor space or any space but especially the outdoor space is realizing that you're not bigger than nature you don't know everything you know um because once you once you admit you know what you don't know you'll be surprised at how fast you start learning and the only thing that will let you get past that is if is if you leave your ego at the door yeah absolutely i mean one of the largest uh, fastest ways to actually understanding is to do things wrong like, <laughs> if you fail you'll you'll learn more than probably if you just fluked it once right it is it's the truth i mean it's one of the things that i that i say all the time and it's a it's a, it's a famous enough saying in on the internet but if you the quickest way to get the right answer is to give the wrong one and people will tell you you're wrong <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> super super quick you know and but when you when you leave your ego at the door as well it allows you to 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 get involved because and even just speaking from my own point of view like when i first started i started like everybody else like, like all you guys just going out to the woods my sas survival hand guide you know what i mean and, and just basically <laughs> yeah yeah that's it but it's it's the same as as any other kind of genesis story that people would have out in the woods just going out for a bit of fun you know that burns let's make a spear you know um what can what can you eat what can't you eat shelters shelters yeah. and fire it's what we all start with but then the the ego started to to creep in you know what i mean and i was i was getting pretty good and i was i was learning to take some some good photographs at the time with my nokia 32 potato camera phone um <laughs> But it but it was starting and and trying to get involved in the forums. But you see, when when you have an ego, and this is just reflection upon myself like eight years ago, that you jump into threads or comment sections that you knew the answer to because you wanted to feed that ego. You know what I mean? So you you, you weren't going to the corners of the internet where you would have to be humble and say, Hey, I don't know how to make pine pitch or read a thread on pine pitch and ask a question, say, Hey, I've only got 
Sitka spruce up around me? Can I use the same same sap or how how do we do this? So you're only going to engage in the in the treads where you can where you can feed that ego monster, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So and then of course that's when the Dunning Kruger kind of effect kicks in because you can, you can put up a tarp and, and and you can tell the difference between a, a Sitka spruce and a Norwegian spruce, but your knowledge is pretty limited. Um, so then I decided because of of that confidence boost that I had that you know what I'm going to do a live video because live videos are great. Ne- never a problem with live videos. <laughs> <You know? laughs> what could go wrong? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What could go wrong? You know. And again, it's just just because of that. I, I wouldn't even say ego, but maybe uh, a sense of naivety and a slight sense of inflated confidence. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, I decided to do a live video. And of course, because I was active in the forums, some people were there. Um, uh, some some pretty big people for some strange reason decided to pop in. Maybe because they knew I was about to make an ass of myself. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I just wanted to make the live video where I, I made a smoker, you know, just a basic tripod, tarp over the top, smoking rack. Yeah. But that was uh, that was the end of my experience. But in my head, it, it wood was wood, you know, tarps were tarps, fire yep. was fire. I didn't know that you couldn't, that uh, spruce and pine wood, uh, the reason why the smoke is so acrid off it is because it's creosote that's coming off it. Um, and why you why you should never smoke meat over pine wood. You know? yeah. <laughs> because it turns into railway sleepers. I didn't know that. I didn't know that at all. People had a great laugh over that. And while I was engaging in the conversation of this said pine wood smoking incident that I do share this video sometimes when it pops up, um, my tarp behind me burst into flames. So you can imagine I was like, no, do this, do this, you got back. <laughs> so I was I was I was knocked down several pegs, but that's that's when I came home and, and I was given two choices because I had so many cool people reach out to try and help me. People who are now long term friends, people who, who became my mentors, and and they were reaching out the kind hand of of that we all know in this great community that we have yeah. of, of help. Um, and then on the other side of that, you had my ego, you know, and I could either tell all these boys that I knew what I was doing. It was just an accident. You know how it is. Fob it off. Help, maybe even get a bit aggressive. And they just would have walked away. Right. Yeah. So, or I could take my hat off, put it in my hand and say, actually, guys, yeah, that was a bit of a disaster. I don't want to make that again. I'll actually take your, <laughs> I'll actually take your, your help and your advice on this, you know, and one of them sent me a PDF on uh, woods for smoking meat. Another person offered me to come to their class. And that was one of my first courses um, that I went on. Nice. And then that was, that was when my journey uh, really began to exponentially grow. But it was because I was faced with, with those two choices. And, and it, it stayed with me that that particular moment. And it became almost a, a seed in the ground, if you will, of everything I've done since. That's, that's brilliant yeah i love that i love how you um as well kind of you know don't conflate ego with you know it's not so it's not necessarily a bad thing you know how, how you started that conversation about it's an important step to get you into bushcraft and i think that was something that me and tom both wanted to you know make sure we discussed with you about is you know your beginning and your inception into bushcraft so thanks for touching on that as well yeah no problem at all guys <laughs> So leading on from what got you into bushcraft to begin with, uh, Joe, mm. when was it 
in your sort of journey uh, so after this you did these courses you learned about um not setting your tarp on fire um, <laughs> <laughs> when when did it sort of click that it was bushcraft and the outdoors that you sort of really wanted to put your time into to to do it for a living oh, when did that sort it. of click that's a that's a good question that's a real good question and i, I suppose the the fork in the road there and i'll be uh, um uh, 100% honest with you guys because I, b- I believe that too I mean some some facts are a bit fuzzy and stuff and I also don't believe in in sugarcoating things but mm-hmm. I really got into it more because of um that sense of community I loved uh I loved all the people that you would meet around camp and then I I always had um like most people and uh, I mean, people wouldn't think of it. I mean, I'm I'm six two, hundred kilos. How is he afraid of the dark? I mean, but I was, I was just I was just afraid of like being miserable and dying. You know what I mean? It's not so much the dark, you know. And and I, you know, a, a spill in a canoe can be a very bad place. I mean, you could easily bring a canoe down a weir and get into a world of hurt, you know. And it restricted me from the outdoors. So as I started going to courses and uh, these community camps that would happen with different Facebook groups around Ireland, um, I started to really get more confidence and uh, ease of movement within the forest. And all of a sudden then I was walking further, staying out longer, doing further projects. I wasn't getting cold. You know, I was, I was, I was able to just be outside longer and was starting to really, really enjoy it. But where where it kind of started to move into the professional realm was when I started to see the more darker side of um, uh, the community, you know, and I'm not saying just bushcraft. Yeah. Every every side has a yin and yang. I've been a shooter. Yeah, of I've, course. I've, I've been a boxer. So but at this point, I was very lucky that from the from the moment I burnt my tarp, I had only seen the most awesome side and the best side of yeah, the, the humble community. Side. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. That's it. And I was built up uh, uh, maybe naively, but, you know, almost like, well, you could be president someday, Joe. Yeah, that's it. You could be. Anything possible. Um, and, and in Ireland at the time, the Ireland, I mean, at, you know yourself, the, the, the big bushcraft giants in the world are, are the UK, Canada, North America. Um, you know, maybe maybe some other places on the continent, but they were the, the dominant spaces. You know, your yes. your Ray Mears, your Paul Curtley, your Morris Gachansky, you know, all these all these awesome, awesome Tom Brown, you know, I mean, everybody that was kind of leading the charge. Uh, Ireland was was not there, <laughs> you know, you know, we 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 weren't and um and that's totally fine. And we've got some amazing bushcrafters in this place. Uh, so naively I was like, well here look, you know, I'll I'll do it. You know, I mean, I've got nothing else to lose. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll go off and 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 chase my dreams. And I was at this particular camp one time, and I'm, I'm, a big fan of American bushcraft. You know what I mean? Uh, North American bushcraft. So your your Tom Browns, your 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 Dave Canterbury's, your Josh Enyarts, your Jamie Burleys, all these awesome dudes mm-hmm. with their canvas and their their muzzleloader yeah. rifles and stuff. Oh, oh, it's the dream. It's the dream. And that's not taken away from anywhere. But I think everybody kind of gravitates towards a certain scene. You know what I mean? And that's 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 kind of where I dived in. I like the rough and readiness and camera on a tree and here's a Marlins by kitchen thanks very much and poof, off into the woods they went <laughs> um, kind of vibe and 
So I, I said that at a camp one time, just nonchalantly, you know what I mean? That, uh, that somebody asked me that very question you asked me, that what was my goal? What would I like to do uh, with my life or with bushcraft in general? And I said, well, um, I want to be an instructor at the, at the Pathfinder School. I want to be the first. At the time, Dave was only teaching in America, um, and he only had American guys on his staff. And I said, I want to at least get to the point where I can get that instructor's patch and and that'd be it whether anything happens that was the that was the driving force to keep me learning and oh did those buyers tear me a new one <laughs> they, they, they went rough and not because of 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 anything but just the, the politics in the scene that we're all kind of used to and you know could have been a myriad of other things as well but i i, I actually i actually have a photo of the moment because my brother thought i was about to stand up and start tearing heads off i was getting that annoyed <laughs> you know what i mean when they just start when you just get that i was ribbon i think so i said okay cool um don't get bitter get better and and then that was it from that moment on it was it was all all consuming let's get this goal going and and then several years later by by good graces i i became one of the first uh, global instructors for the yeah. for the pathfinder school but it was that that That's moment that there's exactly oh thank you but there was but there was no there's no badness in that like you know what i mean if you have a dream chase it it was a very yeah. important lesson i don't believe in um in failure or things being bad moments i think you can learn and grow from almost any situation you know yeah. what i mean and within reason so when that when that happened to me i said right what are you going to do are you going to prove this right are you going to reinforce this idea are, are are you going to um promote this this internal image of of no one's going to make it off this island you know what i mean kind of yeah. thing or are you going to give it your best shot? What's the worst that can happen? You learn a load of bushcraft, you meet great people, or maybe, maybe you might actually make it. I had no intentions of whether I did or not, but the journey there was was what it was all about. And it yeah. came from that very horrible camp where I saw that kind of caustic side of, of the community. Yeah, I think it is prevalent, isn't it? There's always people who are going to put other bushcrafters and famous instructors down like out of jealousy or uh, their own ego or, or things getting in the way of sort of actual judgment. Um, mm. But but there's also the, the whole thing of, well, I think it's a, it's a lot of people in the community's dream to be an instructor. So there's almost an element of like holding there can be like a bit of people holding each other back rather than mm. just being like go for it and encouraging each other and i think yeah the more more positive we see um the community being to each other and, and helping each other step by step to get where they want to be uh, the better the better will be but yeah it's fantastic joe that you you just were like you know what stuff that i'm gonna do it anyway <laughs> <laughs> that was yeah. it that, like it, it was it was genuinely that that moment i mean um uh, column column ready who was, was one of my best friends he was he was there and and my brother was there and stuff like that and they the, the drive home from that camp was was five hours and and in my head i had it mapped now i couldn't have been more wrong i planned on going from a to b but i ended up having to go through f and g and z and all but <laughs> you know the fact was was that well hey um i'm going to give this a bash if nothing else just for the journey but it was it was not to let it was also protecting my view of of the outdoors too you know, the, the bushcraft community and outdoors community has given me so much in my personal and professional life that I wasn't going to let that side be right either. Yes. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. I'm like, you know, no. Yeah, you're always going to have trolls. You're always going to have maybe insecure people. You're going to have people who um, maybe want to protect their own patch, you know, and that's totally fine. 
there's so many personalities in the world, but I didn't want the outdoors to be that for me, Not you know. What I mean? And then hopefully on the way there, if if one or two guys saw, hey, hold on a second, there's this, you know, uh, slightly overweight, six cans of Red Bull a day, forty cigarettes, dude from the inner city of Ireland, you know what I mean? What reason have I got to not to? You know what I mean? At least have a try, you know. Yeah. That combination sounds terrifying. I'd get right out of the way. But... <laughs> Dude, it was yeah. it was all that powered me. I mean, in all fairness, that's that ego team we talked about. Your ego will put you on the stage, but then as soon as you start talking, it's gone. It's laughing at you from the corner. It's like, <laughs> what are you supposed to do? Go for it. So it kind of once that train got got rolling, I just I luckily had a beautifully supportive crew around me as well. Um and so much stuff started on the back end of that. Like, um, and nearly all the great things that I value in 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 my own career and life came from those negative moments, um, yeah. and 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 flipping them on their head and and turning them into into positivity. Well, you you know you kind of really bring uh, something back to me that someone says. Um, it, it, it's Cameron Haynes who is like a he's kind of this ultra marathon runner in uh, America, mm. also a big bow hunter. Um, mm. And he says he's got this phrase, which is basically keep hammering. Uh, nobody cares. Work harder. And like <laughs> it's kind of, you know, I kind of I've got that from what you were saying there. Like, I don't care about this negative side that there is. And it's a really important thing, because although we discuss it, um, I guess the point of us, our discussion is to say that, there, that even though that exists, there's this the community on a whole is so beautiful. And it's, it's really, you know, something to embrace. And it's why you yourself created and uh you know work so hard with the living to learn community as well mm, mm. and the 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 living to learn community has probably been um uh i mean when i think about it i've I've been very lucky in the few years that i've been out but the living the the living to learn community has been probably probably the best thing that i've ever been a part of um and and also tried to get started um and and again, that came from one of those places. Um, I don't know if you use guys, and I'm sure you where, where we're on the internet um, forums like uh, Bushcraft USA, Bushcraft UK. Bushcraft all, UK, I was. I, yeah, I, was yeah. a, I was a lurker. I wasn't enough <laughs> to post. <laughs> I, 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 was my, I was myself. I, I just... I just knew that if I said something, the, my my ego at the time was going to take a shot, so I just stayed back there. But I was I was pretty big on the on the shooting forums, uh, so I got into the bushcraft forums. Then those old school HTML setups, they were they were fantastic. But unfortunately, they 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 started to uh, started to gather what I called seagulls, um, and and basically that's people who like to uh, swoop in, make an awful lot of noise, shit on everything, and then leave. You know what I mean? And unfortunately, yeah. that started to, to happen, as does happen in, in places. I mean, it comes and goes. This is just the, the circle of life when it comes to internet forums. So it's like, okay. And then Facebook was kind of starting to grow up, and there were some great pages on there. But again, I I believe that in order, like with a forest fire, so to speak, in order to, to have new growth, you know, you have to kind of let the new growth come. There has to be a, a place and a way to go. Yeah. And I was just after setting my tarp on fire and, you know, uh, a couple of months later, being on a camp where I'm told you'll never be anything. You know what I, mean? so <laughs> I was kind of kind of in a bit of a very open space at that at that stage of the game. And I seen that the, the new people 
who were coming into coming into the outdoor space with their maybe new kit, maybe a little less experience. And this isn't to tar everybody because I wouldn't be here if there wasn't good people. But I just seen that at these vital moments when people were taking their first steps um, onto the internet forums or or maybe coming out or asking for advice, or we've all been there when somebody posts a picture of like, oh, I went for my first camp in the woods and there might be a, a Tesco's carrier bag, maybe some blue rope and all that kind of stuff all over the place. And, and, and the good people very rarely make a lot of noise, but then they would just be hammered. And then that was it. You would never see them post again. Not saying that yeah. the whole journey would end, but the internet right. is probably one of the best places to learn, meet people, network, grow. And I was just watching all these, these new candles being snuffed out. Yeah. And I said, ah, no, 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 no. <laughs> you know, that, that can't <laughs> be like that. So again, I, I went talking to a close bunch of friends, great guys like Carlo Flaherty, Colin Reddy, my brother Mark, um, uh, Andrew O'Carroll, and all the people that you see that are that are admins and moderators on on Living to Learn. Yeah. And I said, guys, do you know what? Let's let's just be crazy. Let's just let's just invent a forum. Maybe it might only be ten of us, and we won't <laughs> swear and encourage, and there'll be no gifts and no memes. And if if anybody starts kicking off and being caustic, we'll. We'll, we'll try and try and control it and we won't push it or promote it. It'll just be, we'll just be on there living to learn. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think it's worked to treat. Uh, it's, a, it's such yeah. a nice, it's such a nice place. I, I go there most days just to see what people have been up to. And it's bloomed, doesn't it? All over the place as well. You get to see like little slices of bushcraft heaven all over the world and what people are doing with it. It's, it's really, really nice. I, I enjoy, I enjoy it. And yeah, see, it's never a dull day. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's, it's quiet and it gives people a, a chance. And I, I always, I always said that about living to learn because I believe. Uh, a teacher actually said this to me on on a course, but a, a good teacher should show you uh, where to find the answer, but not what to find. You know, mm. so we all agreed that you know because we we were all working full time. I was working full time. Everybody involved with it um, was was doing it more as a hobbyist uh, kind of thing on the side. So we just said here, look, let let just let it be a place where people can ask questions because that that's all that we found that we're missing on the other forums there was always cool pictures and and great diversity but there just was no uh, central hub where people could just ask a question maybe it, it got a response maybe it didn't maybe it got answered maybe it didn't but they weren't going to be shot down or victimized or, no. or bullied or anything for it um, and also a safe place where, where people could post their kids and you know uh, camps out with scouts and stuff and so on yeah. so it it, it kind of kicked off from there it's not meant to be the be all and end all but it's meant to be uh and i don't even like to use the word safe space but it's meant to be a, a place where you can ask a question and yeah. and uh, have it answered hopefully you know mm. and then hell most of the time people go like say a mushroom question oh well if you're if nobody on the page can answer it i mean there's nearly ten thousand people on there so most of the time there there is one but they'll definitely go well we'll go over to mushroom spotters uk they'll know or go here and find your answer or here's a, uh, an expert group on facebook that's really good and go over there and have a look and that was all it was meant to meant to be and it's it's grown ever since uh, crazily enough it has grown but it's guys like you that keep it great no it's, it's fantastic and there's so much i've learned i i, I I was learning like your posts on there uh, recently, Joe. You were talking about the uh, the dried grass and the wax, mm. Yeah. Um, mm. 
and that just blew my mind. I was like, wait, there's a wax layer on, on grass? That's why it smokes. <laughs> Dude, I mean, that, that post went, went crazy, but it just yeah. came from, again, that, uh, that whole ethos of, of not being afraid to fail and leave your ego at the door because I learned about epicutial or wax. I mean, it's very hard word to say. <laughs> you have an erect in my brain there. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to pronounce it. I'm just not going to risk it. <laughs> no, no, it's a, it's a hard one to get. To get grass wax. But um, uh, I, I was always very lucky that when I started teaching um, at schools like Bushcraft Denmark and, and with the Pathfinder School and, and other great places, that there was always this availability of dried grass, like actual dried grass. Um, so at all my classes or all the classes I at least was attending at and as a guest instructor, people could pick the bundle up, get the char cloth in or whatever method they were using. Couple of puffs. Yeah, you get a bit of smoke and then whoosh, up she goes and um, was fine. So I was at uh, I was invited to do a demonstration uh, for Knives and Tools in Holland, you know, at their Knives and Tools yeah, open. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, cool. Um, I'd love to do that. The guys at Knives and Tools are great. I went down with, with Porig and it was it was a blast. But we got there and Knives and Tools ain't a bushcraft school. They're probably one of the best knife sellers in the world, but a bushcraft yep. school didn't. You know, and all our classes <laughs> had filled up for the day and we had wrote a list of materials and we were like, right, cool. So we get out there first day in Holland and watch their two bales of hay. And I'm like, oh, cool. I've never used hay before, but grass is grass. <laughs> There's no problem to it. Cue so many photos of people. It was like an 80s disco. There was dry ice and smoke and stuff everywhere trying to blow this hay. <laughs> people <laughs> passing out from the smoke. <laughs> oh, what's going on? Cinders landed on people. Some stuff just wouldn't combust. It would it would turn black and go orange at the engines and then and then the wax would get in. But then that's how I was like, whoa, this this isn't right. I had the experience to say that this this is not how grass behaves. I've lit ferns and everything on fire. I've been calm. Yeah, yeah. I was like, what's going on here? We're waiting for Jeremy Beadle to hop out from behind the bush and stuff. But, <laughs> but we, we held it there. But then actually a person in the crowd, and again about um, in, in this circular talk that we are having, that a person in the crowd who also had a bushcraft school, who had come to see the lesson because they they they'd followed me online, said, actually, I was waiting to see what would happen there. And then I was like, oh, why? And then he told me about the epitaphs awesome. there that's on there. And then hay is even worse because it's got preservatives and stuff mm. to keep it keep it fresh, especially if it's rabbit stuff. And, and I never knew that, so I went and I learned about it. And then that was where the... The post came from the other day because I'd seen some people struggling. Um, I seen a video on YouTube where a young guy was was doing his first video of blowing stuff into flames, and it just was smoking and going everywhere, and it was in his backyard. So, chances are the grass just wasn't what it should be. So, if, awesome. if I if I asked a question, chances are somebody else is asking the same question. People need yeah. to remember that too uh, when they when they want to seek out knowledge. That if you want to know, chances are somebody else wants to know too. Yeah, I think it's um, something that uh, is probably why me and Tom have kind of, uh, you know, latched onto each other in, in, a, in, in a certain respect, because we're just both like kind of buzzing with this kind of thirst for knowledge that we yeah. kind of, we don't always know even the answers to each other's questions, but we motivate <laughs> each other to kind of find to out. find out as well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I love that about that community. Oh, fantastic. And is there any like things that you're working on at the moment that you're only kind of tipping on? I mean, I know, Tom, you're 
you're big down um getting into the whole uh, learning your way up on the the professional side of things and i know yeah starting out is there any struggles in the world at the moment that you say well in, interestingly actually i've um i've been writing my own course syllabuses this week uh, oh wow this is the the first anyone except liam which I've, I've told him about uh has actually heard of this but yeah i was asked for a woodland sort of campsite i visit a lot needed uh to sort of diversify what they do and they wanted to uh offer some carving green woodworking courses and they'd seen all my my spoons that i sell on etsy and they were like would you mm. be interested so um i said yes i was like yeah go for it i'll <laughs> Um, and it, it would be great because I, I just love sharing it and it, it would be so nice to actually share my passion uh, with them. So I'm just at the moment just trying to brain dump. I haven't slept in like three days because I've just been having so many ideas going around my head of, of what I want to teach and like ideas I have for how to get the lessons across and, and, and things like that. So really exciting. But yeah, that that's the uh, iron so I've awesome. got in the fire yeah. at the moment. <laughs> Red Bull, my friend. Red Bull. Well, I, I'm I I was like bushcraft uh, store loves me at the moment because I like put in like a five hundred quid order with them yesterday for like <laughs> horror knives and things. Oh <laughs> uh, no, Andrew and the guys down there are awesome. But it, it's that's what I mean. It's it, it's exciting, and I hope I hope none of us ever reach where we're supposed to or where we think we're supposed to be because. Uh, it, I th- I think it'd be a very sad day when the fun of the fact that there's always something more over the horizon um, yeah. goes. I, I'm always reminded of a. Uh, and you know Matt Damon, Goodwill Hunting, Matt Damon. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and I know there's people going, oh, sure, there's Joe. It's a bushcraft conversation talking about Matt Damon. But it's it's just because he has a very good YouTube video of, yeah, yeah. where he uh, he talks about all he ever wanted to do. Because like myself, with being a Pathfinder instructor, it was only one goal that I had on of many. But um, he, he always just wanted to win an Oscar, win an Oscar, win an Oscar. And that's what drove him to write these scripts and keep acting and go to acting classes and everything. And and then he tells the story of how he won his Oscar on the first night. And it was like the best day of his life. And, and then he just went home and just cried for two weeks and ended up in miserable forms of depression and stuff like mm. that. Because he's like, well, what am I going to do? Am I just going to go for a second Oscar? Or like, yeah. you know, like, uh, is, yeah, is that, it going to be the dream? Same? That dream had kind yeah. of like been fulfilled. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's I, I hope... I hope well I there's so much in the outdoor space that you can take a turn left or right and 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 open up an entire new world of discovery. Yeah, absolutely. I mean for me it's my issue is the um is is the the sort of self-doubt side, I guess. It's mm. uh, if if I let my brain dictate things, I'd never feel I was ready for anything. So I think <laughs> at, at some point you've just got to push yourself, haven't you? Yeah. And um uh, yeah, and not listen to the anxieties and just, like, okay, use use that as a, a spark to then ignite the fire that will push you to be better and better. And for me, it, it's now, okay, I've got until May um, to come up with the best spoon carving day experience possible. Mm that I can mm. offer and and I will endeavor to do the best thing possible and I I, I sent because uh, I do um, some some day work for for Paul Kirtley as well I sent mm-hmm. Paul a message I was like uh, hey Paul I've got an opportunity to do some green woodworking classes in a woodland what do you reckon <laughs> and he was like he was like go for it he was like it will it will help you develop as a as a, an yeah. instructor and he was like just believe in yourself and, and go for it basically so yeah so, <laughs> i was like i'm gonna reach out to sort of someone i really look up to as a mentor in, in this uh, 
outdoor world and that's yeah. it don't don't be afraid to ask the questions and, and don't be afraid to fall flat in your face too both are all very <laughs> important things <laughs> well hopefully i'll be uh you know hopefully volunteering to help tom um as long as my work schedule allows it gets really busy um but i'm i'm really hoping to put some time aside for that and uh yeah i think it would be a great experience kind of um for you tom you know to develop that kind of like you said, that kind of Kruger dip, was it, Joe? Um, yeah, 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 that's it. Uh, you know, uh, you know, everybody, everybody has a plan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. There's there's two plans, one before the battle and then one on the day of the battle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. I know I'm going to get there and they'll, they'll be like, uh, they're on, on the, uh, the forest school day, uh, they're going to be like, right, time to show them how to put a tarp up and I'll be just thinking to myself, don't set it on fire. Don't set it on fire. <laughs> <laughs> or you could say to yourself, well, what's the worst that can happen? Joe set it on fire and then just, just, just totally blow them out of the water. But I, I, I learned uh, some of the best stories are, and some of the best memories I have and the things that have taught me the most is, is when I've, I've failed the most spectacularly. You know? mm-hmm. And, and, oh, and yes. I think um, it's, it's what keeps people in their cages and it's great to hear you guys so supportive of each other in in both of the endeavors that you do i i love to see that amongst uh, amongst friends you know because it's really all you got pushing you along these days you know so um but yeah. in saying that it's 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 nice to hear the fact that like i'm going to go for it and i'm going to try my best because that's all anybody can do and it, i think failure or the fear of failure keeps people from trying so much but the thing is is that i'm more afraid of not trying at all you know like uh, mm-hmm. um i i was like yourself liam any chance i would bushcraft the opening of a post office if i got the chance to do it <laughs> just i i mean i'd be partially sleeping in my car like i said living on breakfast rolls sleeping in car parks and then all of a sudden people would show up for a course and i'd pop out and be like hey kettle's on and and <laughs> just just to get the just to get the hand in and yeah and do that and like for your first for your first year or two like say for example, out of out of this lesson, Tom, you'll get to know your lesson plan, your material sourcing. Like building a course syllabus is just as hard as delivering the course, especially when you want it yeah. to be spot on. And then you get there on the day, and then the audience arrives, and then that's that's when the the real experience of you becoming an instructor starts to happen. You know, because like that, I I was I went all the way. I was me and Porig at that particular time were in six different countries, ending up in Holland fire demo nothing hard nothing hard about a fire demo at all you know char cloth flame 30 minute demos and and it was it was survival of the fittest towards the end you know? <laughs> and everybody left and had a good time and we were asked back again and that's the key but the amount of times that i had to fumble and fall in front of audiences to get to that level um it, it you're never going to reach it if you're, no. if you're afraid to if you're afraid to fall down you know? yeah and that's reminded me sorry liam that's no, no, reminded no, me of, that's reminded me of something that he, uh, we chatted about before we clicked record joe and i'm not sure if, if this is a story you want aired or not so feel that's free to not problem. answer it uh, <laughs> but i remember we were chatting about bow drill demos and, oh yeah uh, you had a little incident <laughs> with uh with a front row viewer oh i did yeah. oh i did um, <laughs> I was I was doing a, a bow drill demo at the time and in order to 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 save grace of we'll, we'll skip the country where I was and we'll skip the people who I was with but let's just say it was a it was a festival and an indoor festival and it was a big audience who were all, like basically a, another version of the bushcraft show and uh, I got tasked 
to do a bow drill demo, you know. Now, bow drill demos uh, put the shivers up my spine all the time because oh, it's yes. such a live, such a dynamic lesson, you know. Um, many things could could either go wrong or right. But I was feeling pretty confident. The bow drill arm was strong, you know. The the stamina was up. I was like, okay, let's let's get into the let's get into the game. And it was it was my biggest ever thing. I had my I had heroes around me, loads of influencers who were watching me. Uh, it was being recorded live, put out all sorts of YouTube channels and, and influencers who were there. And of course, the, the audience themselves. Now, I'm handed a Clematis heartboard and a spindle, a bearing block and a bow. And I always do my demos. Everybody sees me when I'm teaching that I, I kneel down, especially in front of large crowds. You know, one, yeah. it's so, I, well, it's a bow drill and I want to cut. I don't want to be carving up on my chest. But that also comes from uh, me not wanting to faint. I'm closer to the ground. <laughs> it's just one of those Pavlovian things that I have that if I'm working with a close crowd, you know, uh, from back in the early days, I just get down on my hands and knees and I get into the muck and I just I'd go at it hands and hands and feet because um, it's le- it's further. It's less the fall, <laughs> you know, if I, if I decided to have a panic attack and keel over. Um, so I'm down there anyway and I'm getting the getting the bow drill ready, feeling confident. And next of all, that that horrible noise that bushcraft instructors hate to hear starts to happen. And it's like, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no, oh, no. <laughs> and all I can do is, and I'm like, ah, oh, tits. And because of my experience, I'm like, I know that you're ne- it's, it's next to nigh on impossible. Maybe if you have two men to get a call from a squeaky set. Pro tip if anybody's listening. Yeah. If, you, if your set squeaks, just stop. Fix it. I'm already 20 minutes into this thing and it's it's going live out and all these all these things. People are putting it up in their stories and all. And I was like, okay, okay, let's just go for it. At the time I was I was doing probably two or three bowl drills every other day. So I, I had the stamina in me to power on through it. But unfortunately in my drive to dig for gold or drill for oil <laughs> next of all the hardboard just blows apart just the clematis just splits right down the middle and i'm like no it's no problem don't worry about it there's coal dust everywhere there's actually a <laughs> burn mark on the carpet from where i was drilling into it and i'm like oh, don't worry about it guys and expertly another set comes over my head and i start carving the notch again just making jokes again that's that experience tom from where you where you, you fall down a couple of times in front of a crowd you learn to to keep it going so i'm yeah. making the notch i'm talking away but when you when especially with clematis or any bow drill set you want it to be perfectly level on the bottom the top you can kind of skim corners with but you want it to be perfectly level because when you put your foot on it your your set is going to start to rock like like a pedal like a guitar pedal you have to kind of control the rocking of your set with your feet and it's it's not something that 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 people learn to do at the start. So again, pro tip. That's the hard way. (laughs) (laughs) And the time when your spindle jumps out of the set, it's because your your foot is either leaned forward, and you can tell by the way your spindle flies out, what way your your pressure is and how you can adjust your feet. But I'm I'm doing this with a Kamada set in front of a crowd of about 80 people. In fact, there's a time lapse on it on my page somewhere if someone wants to see it. Um, And I'm going hell for leather, but all of a sudden I'm so concentrated I'm just going until my arm falls off so that there's a coal the size of a golf ball there that I can work with. And next of all, spindle shoots off straight into the audience. You know what I mean? There's a toddler out of it. 
know what I mean? Her dad is looking at me. I'm looking for, I'm like, please don't cry. You know, that horrible moment between uh, a child crying and not crying. It goes on forever. And, and all of a sudden, nothing happened. And the dad just handed me my spindle back. And I was like, thank you. You know, and then, you know, maybe you start seeing people almost getting hyper-focused then. They're like, oh, what's this dude doing? Is he killing toddlers? Is like, what's happening? So I was like, so, so I went hell for letter at it because all I had to do was 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 do a bow drill demo, and again, my in my head that was produce a coal. You know what I mean? So uh, I I trundle on anyway. Spindle doesn't go flying out. I'm just going. There's smoke everywhere. Um, I stop, and there she is. This this beautiful coal, like a cigar on the top. It's all all lit, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, boy, you did it. Next of all, one of the lads comes over and goes. All right, now, Joe, blow it into flames. Now, I am pouring sweat. I'm on my knees. I'm like, hey, yeah, flames. Flames, everybody, flames. Yeah, everybody loves flames. And you can see, you can see from just the sheer effort that my hands are a little shaky. I do the whole, uh, I'm not a fan of dropping the coal in. I like to place the bird's nest on top and then uh, on top of the ember catcher and then flip it over together. Mm-hmm. That way you don't lose any any coal or the wind and stuff like that will affect it. So I'm blowing this and I'm like, <laughs> trying to get this thing to go. <laughs> now, of course, I got it to go because of the amount of times that I failed. Always important to to accept your failures that I was able to correct. And I'm, I'm swinging it around like a, um, like a waving it through the air, Morse Kachansky style. And the translator was an awesome dude and he was translating what I was doing so I could catch my breath. And then woof, up she went and the crowd erupted. Nice. And you can see it in the, and I and I, I totally owned it because people were coming up to me and, and saying, hey, can I get a photo? And you can see I'm roaring red, pissing sweat. I'm like, <laughs> like, like meatloaf with my hanky, I'm dabbing myself. I'm like, oh Lord, Lord, you know what I mean? I was half waiting for somebody like, like, uh, like James Brown to come on and put a cape on me and just so I could sit there and like, oh, emergency <laughs> blanket from the wings <laughs> and and go away. But it was still one of my most favorite demos I ever did. Not be because it was the first time I ever auto corrected, you know, yeah. everything that went along and it. It, I was like, well, that could have gone completely crazy. But, you know, you, you started with a second set, you fixed it, you know, yeah. you spotted the foot mistake after after I winged the toddler in the shoulder with the spindle. You know what I mean? You spotted, yeah. you spotted all these things, were able to fix it. And and then after that, I never feared a bow drill demo again. Yeah. Never. I was like, it's going to be what it's going to be. It's wood, it's nature, it's humidity, it's everything else. And, you know, if you can get it going, great. But uh, it never scared me after that. That was the That was the most important thing. But... I'll never forget. It was like 2001. It's that spindle looping through the air in slow motion. Just seeing the course, it's its trajectory that it's on <laughs> as it was winging into the audience, and and thankfully, yeah, uh, thankfully it was all right. But sometimes those things make you. It makes the demo super interesting, you know. Definitely. Well, Bodril can be like a really daunting thing for the best of people. Um, and I know I've had my struggles with it, especially since uh, yeah, my accident yeah. with my broken shoulder. And again, it's been something Tom's helped me massively with. Even at the Bushcraft show, we were practicing and there was points where I just <laughs> couldn't get the pressure down. And I was like, Tom, I'm going to need that big old strong arm of yours. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a, a few times of that. And it was funny how actually now solo, I've built that strength and confidence up because it, it was not only a lack of strength. It was that lack of confidence because I lost the is. confidence with it. Um mm. And once and, Tom and, had helped me regain that. 
voila <laughs> i uh that brings back a couple of uh stories if you, if you uh don't mind me digressing for a second first oh, no, joe something you said where you're like get used to um embarrassing yourself and and making jokes out of a bad situation <laughs> that reminded me of when i was working in, in secondary school education i was teaching a history mm. lesson to year eight and uh, I was getting all really into it. We were talking about Henry VIII and things like that. And I was one of these teachers who would never be seen without a cup of black coffee. I just literally had <laughs> intravenously in my arm, pretty much. Yeah. And I was getting, I was always quite lively in, in lessons. And I, I, I was walking around reacting and, and acting out this history lesson. And all of a sudden the lid comes off my coffee and I just get doused. <laughs> so my white shirt is just doused in coffee. So I obviously just make it like a joke about how it, that's exactly what the fat king would do at court like <laughs> uh, just uh, obviously like 13 year old kids are just gonna laugh in your face when their teacher's covered in coffee but um, yeah used to embarrassment in front of crowds <laughs> yeah, that's, you just you just have to get it i mean some of the some of the best people i know there's a, a fantastic spoon carver out there called uh yogi sundquist maybe you guys would know me yeah. more and it like the, the amount of mistakes that could happen in a in a have, have you ever seen his rock and slide show no I haven't. oh it's a it's a feast for the eyes if you've never seen a man make a shrink container while listening to ramstein on stage <laughs> um, it's 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 spectacular it's something that only yogi could own but <laughs> you can truly see how much of a master of his craft he is because mm. it's all live it's all greenwood it's all choreographed and the amount of micro mistakes that can happen. But if you're in the audience, you wouldn't even notice. It just completely blazes by. But I guarantee you, um, I actually had a funny story from uh, a mentor of mine. I won't mention his name because uh, we were stuck in an airport at this particular time because his luggage was lost and, and we, we were kind of stuck there. But he, he'd be well known in the space. And I was saying to him this exact conversation. I was like, I was telling him about the 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 bowl drill thing and and how turning it into a positive didn't knock my confidence because that mm. can't happen and if you own your own embarrassment it doesn't give anybody any ammunition then to you know if again that whole ego thing if someone goes oh yeah i saw that demo and uh you, you pulled the tarp too tight and the eyelid came out and you know and it's like yeah i did it happened i mean yeah. i still think about it now <laughs> <laughs> and, and and what's your point you know what i mean and, and you can get away with it yeah. And I was I was I was having this conversation because I always believe that unlike Elon Musk, well, you should never be the smartest person in the room, you know, mm. and, and you can learn so much. So we were sitting there anyway, sharing our airport coffees and uh, I was telling him about my stories. And this dude was just flawless in 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 my perception. And most people would see him like that. I mean, he's probably close to 40 years teaching, you know, what I mean, um, and I said it to him, I was like, do you ever have any horror stories like that? thinking you're going to get the odd one, spoon cranks breaking or, you know, uh, uh, like that, uh, being on a nav course and, and getting a bit discombobulated, the usual stuff. Mm -hmm. But he's like, uh, no, there was one time I I actually didn't show up for a class. <laughs> and I said, oh, was it like a like a small class? And he's like, no, I was I was given a lecture at a university in, in my oh, name. <laughs> exactly. You guys can get it. And uh, it was it was in his calendar, but he just put the wrong day in his calendar. 
and these oh, 200 man. people showed up and the stage was there and everything else and he woke up and his phone was going crazy and he was probably maybe eight hours away from where he was supposed to be oh that's a nightmare <laughs> oh. that's stuff of that is stuff of bad dreams that is, yeah. it oh, is exactly and and I, I was sitting there going wow wow <laughs> you know what i mean i could only imagine but but then he he, he said that he totally uh, again, it, because he was such a mentor to me, I, most of the stuff I'm relaying to you, I talk about with these guys, or I learned from these guys. Mm. And he said, no, it was it was horrible. I wanted the ground to swallow me up. But I got on the phone straight away and said, any day that they want, any in the future, you know, all ticket prices are, are cool in the gang. But then he said that he learned so much about the value of scheduling and organization and not over committing yourself because at the time he was just double booked and everything else now he didn't blame it on the fact that he was super overworked and trying to just make the best of everything he just said it 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 gave me a chance to sit down and focus and go right the wheels are wobbling on the cart here i better sit down and structure this up and he's never missed a beat since 10 years later you know so it's a horrible scenario to think of an auditorium of people sitting there waiting (laughs) to see your stuff but if you can turn if you can flip that around and so it never happens again it's 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 not a wasted moment it's something that back and haunt you in the shower for sure but it's not a wasted moment (laughs) (laughs) i had um i had a similar realization with uh my first volunteering course when i i went so i went to a frontier i was all wide-eyed and i was like obviously Paul is one of my idols like mm. I, I and so I was like oh my god now I'm actually working for him <laughs> <laughs> and I remember the realization of actually like just in the, my head the little voice going don't mess up don't mess up and Paul goes top <laughs> the clients are going to be here in 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 uh 15 minutes uh could you get the fire going please and I'm like fire clients fire clients fire clients Yes, of course. <laughs> so I, I run over and I, in my head, I have this whole plan that I've come up with where I want to make feather sticks and do these mm. lovely curls and, and things. And, <laughs> and I, I was started to get my knife out and I started battening wood down with feather sticks. And, and, and Paul came over and he's like, yeah, there is a time and a place for this. <laughs> and he's like, but just get on with it, please. And I was like, all right. And that, that was my um, plan, was to do this elaborate, ridiculous skills practice 15 minutes before the clients arrived, completely un, uh, unrealistic. <laughs> so then my plan was gone. So I was like, I have completely yeah. forgotten how to light a fire. <laughs> <laughs> and I had Paul standing there, my hero, sort of like my mentor standing over me, waiting for me to light this fire. So I just grabbed like the nearest bundle of twigs and just a lighter and I tried to start just trying to go at it and I'm just like he's going to be like why have I asked Ooh, to help me on courses <laughs> um, but but like Paul was great he just sort of uh, he was just like like take a second breathe and then sort of yeah. just yeah gave me a bit of advice and next thing we know we had the fire going the kettle on and it, we were yeah. ready for the clients arrived and that was my first course and the second time uh, I did it I just made sure that actually I always uh, keep a, a stick of fatwood and an emergency fire lighter. In oh, my God. I keep the lighters and fatwood sellotaped to my leg for all times. So we've all been there, Tom, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, I think it's like something we all always do forget and we can uh, 
it's something for everyone to remember as well as like you know these kind of heroes like tom was saying about paul they've all been in that place that we are now as well and uh to, um and the good ones are humble enough and uh have that humility to see someone like yourself tom in that position and see right just needs a minute it just doesn't need yeah. me to like go down on him doesn't need me to go off on him no he just no. needs and, his little time and it's, it's nice and to remember Paul, that these people are human aren't they it, exactly and, and i mean paul is a, is an awesome teacher and i mean i love i'm actually really comfortable teaching in front of or professionals and you know for want of a better word you know we can just say that it, it's there's 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 hobbyists and people who like what they do and then there's there's people like paul who've built businesses and careers and, and have books and academic stuff to their name yeah. so we we'll, for sake of argument we'll call them professionals and um because like paul like yourself tom like like you liam and all we've we've I've gone through the ringer. I mean, I've got a couple of of people who are apprenticing under me at the moment through, through long distance learning or, or whatever. And, and some of them do come to a class to help out, you know, like yourself, Liam. And it's always great. They're a vital part of the community. I think a very underrated part of the outdoor space is the course volunteers that come and help these things get going. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I do see it myself, but I just I just reminded like, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I've done that. I've been that soldier. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> now, when you're working in front of, say, uh, Joe and Jill public who who may have only seen Bear Grylls run across the Sahara in, in one episode. Well, then all of a sudden they're not, not going to know the, all the subtle nuances of, yeah. of how a bow drill can go wrong they're just going to be like oh so how was the outdoor demo there was lots of smoke tarps were on fire a toddler got shot in the face how did it escalate to this point you know what was the yeah. tarp was it a cheap tarp was it from being q you know what I mean? like you know what happened here was the adrenaline flown and I, I i i learned that experience um this way. i won't say the event i was at because uh um it was it was a professional event, uh, closed doors, and it was something that I had attended as a guest before yeah. and had gone back. And again, you learn so much from failure. Um, and I wouldn't really call this a failure, but it's definitely something again that will come back at two o'clock in the morning, like you're remembering that memory from high school where you said that <laughs> stupid thing. You know what I mean? Trying <laughs> to keep you awake. We all suffer from it. And it was a big event, four hundred people from all over the world and uh, i'd been a guest a couple of times and this time i was on the poster it was one of my first posters to ever be on so proud super cool but unfortunately i had learned the discipline of getting a good night's sleep you know maybe not traveling 16 hours in a car you know to <laughs> to get to some place etc and of course the 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 power of um the mental control of adrenaline and cortisol and stuff like that when you're going to do these things that just comes with time and practice there is no fast way to public speaking you just gotta you gotta yeah. get there and, and and assess as you go um so i'm standing there anyway and there's there's everybody's there they're all on chairs um my current lady at the time Ada was in the audience <laughs> you know hello Ada. thanks for sticking with me but she was in the <laughs> audience um and and I'm standing there on this stage with all these people who I've watched in the lonely Friday nights when I got in from work and eating pizza going, oh, yeah, one day I'll make a Maryland spike like that. <laughs> <You know what laughs> I mean? and, and suddenly I'm, I'm there and I'm like, whoa, this is just absolutely insane. And thanks be to God, there's no videos around because it was a, it was a closed event. But 
I've seen some videos that people were recording as people were speaking, and I'm just standing there staring dead ahead. You know what I mean? Clearly, <laughs> really not even focusing on what's going on. And next of all, the mic comes to me with that horrible <laughs> kind of noise. And, and I, was, I was like, hey, everybody, it's great to see so many people here. And then all of a sudden, it was just one of those, uh, my name is Jeff. <laughs> yeah. Completely blank. I had no words. I had prepared this speech, but I was just super exhausted and then people were kind of looking at me going oh no it's him it's it's his turn today you know what I mean <laughs> but because they were such a professional audience I took a few minutes to compose myself and I was totally fine but it, it yeah. taught me such a valuable lesson about sleeping and preparing and and although it's silly you know uh practicing in the mirror or sitting out your back garden work your way through your demo you yeah. say it out loud familiarization techniques because i swore blind that i never stand in front of a crowd going i am joe <laughs> you know <ever> <laughs> <again>. <laughs> well, it's really funny because it brings back a memory i have of um i'd just gone through a breakup and i was in a bit of a bad place and uh mentally i was probably not in the right state to be having a kind of a, a work meeting with some prospective clients and prospective mm. contractors. And um, I was at this meeting and everything was going really well. We were pages deep into this uh, method statement and risk assessments and specification for this big job. Mm. And they asked me a really crit critical question. And I just, all I remember was just seeing hundreds of words on this bit of paper, like staring at me, <laughs> and everything horrible. I everything I knew just kind of going down. And I, I just had to say, "You're just going to have to excuse me for a second because my mind just melted." <laughs> <laughs> and it was so so embarrassing. But luckily, they were also um, lads from Ireland, so they were knew how to have a good crack, and we kind of laughed it off. And managed to get onto the next page, but <laughs> no, it is. It, it can be super hard, but. Uh, uh, out of out of those stories, I mean, it it might sound super cliche, um, and and I talk about it a lot. In my posts, as you guys, as you guys know, and again, thank you so much for the support and having me on. But it's oh, it's honestly. like I rather a, a master is somebody who's just made every mistake, <laughs> you know. So you 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 can you can't get to that level of owning a skill. Until like Edison, you, you didn't fail a thousand times. You just learned a thousand ways things didn't work. You know what I mean? It's as simple as that. So true. And so true. It is. And uh, I think that's one of the great things about teaching. And I'm not talking about teaching in front of 10 crowds or, or 20 people or 30 people. Even just showing a neighbor or somebody who's coming out camping with you. Mm. you you'll learn so much from seeing people attempt stuff that may have come naturally to you or may, you've maybe got tens of hundreds of hours of practice into but uh, like say for example just knowing when to put down a stick of wood you know you can pick up a wood you go to you know do the old chest lever put in a square notch and and maybe it kind of blows out or it's too green or you go to pop the notch out and half of it comes out and the stick just disintegrates just put it down yeah. pick up the next stick you know yes. and 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 off you go and you can you can see that and that's what i actually learned so much about from the wood carving community I'm not a wood carver. Um, it, it's I, I I make pack frames and stuff like that, but I always look on spoon carvers and slide workers and with 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 reverence for the amount of hours that they put into things. But I've walked up to pristine piles of wood in forest with people, people like Colum and and, and amazing carvers. Yeah. And and they will 
almost like Terminator when he walks into that bar. I'm sure all spoon carvers see is knots and crooks and cranks and when they're scanning <laughs> the place, you know? And all of a sudden, because he spent hours learning not how to do it wrong, he doesn't waste any time trying yeah. to figure out what's going on. He just knows straight away that's going to be a ladle. This will work. That won't work. They'll just pick up lumps of wood. What's this cherry? Oh, yeah, no, she's a bit bit too far gone for her. That's going to hurt my wrist if I try and make it into a cook. So you're talking hours of work. Oh, what is it, Burl? Get behind me, Satan. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, kind of ways of doing things. And, and I learned so much about that. So now... Now I take, uh, like like with that bow drill lesson that I taught in that country at the time, that um, uh, now I, I know a thousand ways that it won't work, that I can get it to work most times. I won't waste my time picking up a, a set that's too damp. I won't. Uh, or even if I do pick up a set that feels dry and I start to, to, to turn the spindle and, and it feels damp, I'll just, I'll just make another one. You know, rather than spending three hours and loads of sweat and curse words and summoning demons with, you know, the swearing I'm doing in the forest, I'll just put it down (laughs) and and try and find another set. And chances are the second set will be better and it'll work. So, you know, it's much better to be like that. Sorry, I was just going to say it's so hard to convey when you're kind of teaching people, even if it's through like my YouTube videos or Tom's. Mm. YouTube videos, his courses, um, mm. helping and assisting in courses. You're trying to purvey or, you know, get across however many years of experience you've got into a very condensed time with that person. Um, and they yes. they don't always necessarily understand, like you said, your failures or like Tom was saying, his failures mm. with carving spoons. I'm, I'm sure oh, you... Hundreds. <laughs> hundreds. Like... Don't, don't leave them down around me or I'll, I'll accidentally put them in the fire. That's how bad of a spoon carver I am. But yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. I mean, I think it's actually pretty cool now in how it's become a bit of a, maybe a bit of a trend where people like Woodsman's Finest, Maximilian, great guy, and, um, and Maurice Westerlin and stuff are actually showing pictures of their broken spoons. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's great. We, need, we, we so need to see just as much of that in the space. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, it's the reality I got, of it. It is. I mean, I used to get very harsh criticism from some of the people in in the space for uh, posting my failures or even talking about my failures in a class. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because I think it's a great way to put people at ease, which is a brilliant point that you raised there, Liam, that people come to a class. Yes, you want to be able to show them that you can do it and you know the subject inside out. But it's also nice to give back to them that, hey, we're all here to learn. You know, um, it it took me just as long to learn a compass. You know, some courses I didn't pass. I mean, I I wasn't born a bush ninja. I still still am in the bush ninja, you know. And like that guy who told me about the particular wax. I mean, that was that was a guy who. Yeah, that was a guy who came to uh, came to one of my one of my classes, you know what I mean? And, and seeing me struggling and said, Hey, here's some advice. I'm like, that's, that's absolutely brilliant. And it. it's, um, it's, it, I think it's, it's so important to show when things don't work. You know what I mean? It, it shouldn't become your whole modus operandi, but I used to put up failed bow drill sets. I'd put up when camps went wrong. I'd write a post about if I was washed out because the lesson that I learned from it, maybe someone else doesn't have to learn. You know, maybe someone can take my word for it and be like, hey, that sleeping bag that he had 
just doesn't work. You know what I mean? I don't need to freeze my ass off if Joe's had to do it and he's come back to tell us about it. <laughs> I remember I made uh, my partner Emma a, a spoon uh, when we moved in together and I wanted it to be really delicate and I spent hours on this spoon. I made the neck as thin as I dared uh, yeah. because because I wanted it to be really elegant and, and really like a sort of romantic symbol as, as we moved mm. in together. And uh, she grew to using this spoon like most days like we, we would alternate the cooking and when she cooked she'd use the spoon that I made her and one evening she, uh, I asked her what what, my, what her favourite of, of my carvings were and she said oh yeah it's the spoon that you made when we moved in together and I was like yeah that is a good one actually I'm going to use it now to get out some ice cream <laughs> and you can probably see where this is going the ice yeah. cream was there was this, the, the level of Ben and Jerry's where it's rock solid <laughs> And not wanting to quit, I'm shoveling in my really delicate hand-carved, like, Welsh love spoon that I've carved uh, into this ice cream. And I'm prying it like it's a crowbar. And the bloody thing snaps, doesn't it? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> the one that you'd asked. Just literally, I just said it's her favourite spoon. There's me just snapping it in front of her. <laughs> I got the skills. I can rebuild it. <laughs> so I made it two to replace it, but yeah. I say that was a loud crack. Probably the loudest crack ever. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like kicking myself. I was like, why the hell? Fantastic. Good idea. <laughs> but a valuable lesson. Indeed. <laughs> and uh, like that, maybe people could take it away from this episode as well. That if you if you got Ben and Jerry's, don't be sticking the delicate spoons in there, boys and girls. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it's tales like that that always make me giggle so much because it's like I was telling Tom the other day about my uh, my Galloway Na- National Park video, which is one of my second video um, on on YouTube, and I, I'm Great. doing some feather sticks on there with a, a, a knife that was pretty much blunter than anything. Um, it had a, had a bit of an edge somewhere, um, and mm. I managed to get some feathers going on this <laughs> stick, and it was go- it was going okay. And then uh, all the rest had been absolutely useless. All my feathers were just kind of like mm. like a, a squirrel eaten pinecone. If you can imagine, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, and, I've, uh, I've, I've been that soldier too. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I got these. I think there's one or two really nice curls, and I even said to the camera, "I was like, oh look, they're they're my best ones." And the next strike, it boom, gone, like just completely. <laughs> and those weren't my best curls of the trip, but um, I left it in because it's just it's part of it. It's how it is. Points <laughs> camera at the floor. I made a bit mound, people. <laughs> That's it. Not even that. You just. You just cut in that intermission scene and the music, you know, yeah. it just plays away. But it, I, I, I totally get it. And it's it's yeah. like it, especially when it comes to to putting a camera on. And that's why I have major respect for anybody on YouTube. If once you're you're honest about the video that you're making and you're not saying that, you know, hey, um, you know, you're not you're not lying about military service or you're not making it as an instructional like people need to to realize that there is some people out there who are just vlogging what they do. Yeah. And yes, you can help them. I mean, I've received so much help from from YouTube and um, the YouTube community, too, that they'll see me putting a tarp up and they're like, oh, hey, well, you can use a toggle to toggle or a Prusik to Prusik connection and you'll, you'll get a better go at it and stuff like that. And again, you catch more flies with honey than you do vinegar. But at the same time, it, when when that little red light starts flashing, you know what I mean. It's oh. a it's a different ball game, and I learned that the hard way with a uh, with photographers with photographers because that's why I always encourage people. Yeah, you may start in your back garden, 
but make some YouTube videos or go and like scout groups. Scout groups always need volunteers for demonstrations and stuff like that, you know, and or there's so many bushcraft schools out there who would love to have a volunteer, you know what I mean? Or, uh, and it's a great way to learn for free as well. If you, if you're, um, uh, you know, it's, it's maybe a bit beyond your budget. Some courses can be expensive, but you can definitely put your name down to volunteer at these things. Yeah. Um, I started working for, for Mora, a great company, one of the best companies I, I ever worked for. Um, and uh, they like me, I like them, and, and all my friends worked for them too. So I was like, that's this is just awesome. They were some of the best years I had outside. And that's where where I met Ida. Now, of course, I looked up to Ida a lot. You know, I mean, she's she's basically uh, taken all, all the more pictures for so many years and so many great outdoor pictures. And I admire people of all skill levels and and yeah, when you can build up talented. Yeah. Oh, she's fantastically talented. And when you when you build up a legacy like that, I, I look up to everyday heroes. You know, I could care less what Bruce Willis is doing. I could care less what Mel Gibson is doing. But you show me someone like you guys building a podcast. I think if in two years time you're on YouTube and you got a studio, I'm like, they're somebody to admire. That's that they're the common day heroes. They're the people I look up to. So I remember being at the at the more adventure and as a photographer, I'm sure seeing your work everywhere is fantastic. But there's this great photo of of Ida standing in front of this absolutely huge banner of a very famous photo that she took for Mora. And then all the pictures are on all the sides of the trucks for Mora too, you know. And I was just like, God damn, that's a rock star. So <laughs> fast, fast forward to uh, an event, the Mora Knife Adventure uh, uh, 2018, I think it was, was a very interesting time. And that's another podcast and another round of stories. Maybe I look sorry. forward to that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you a good one about Danny Reed before I leave, because I know he's going to be listening to this. And, and I just talk about bow drills. I'll have to put it in. But then all of a sudden, Morris says to me, hey, we need to get a photo shoot with you. We're going to hook you up with the photographer here. She'll meet you in the field. And I'm like, she? Mm-hmm. Who's this? You know what I mean? All of a sudden, <laughs> I get a pinged message. Um, um, from a Skogok Mark, which is Edith's uh, Instagram page. Hey, you know, super professional. We meet this particular time of date, so on and so forth. Let's have at it. And I learned so much about myself and I, I learned so much about photographers that that's when my, because like, like so many people in the outdoor space are so quick to go, oh, well, he's just going out with his brand new axe and taking a picture of it. Right, that might be the case for a very small amount of people. But, I've seen what outdoor photographers have to do and it's it's my god they put some bushcraft instructors to, to shame with the amount of times they have to, I mean I went out with, well, she's a taskmaster as either but I went out that particular day cock of the walk in my clothes brand new Garberg let's have at it you know what I mean um uh swanning in like the proper McGregor flapping arms and everything <laughs> then I made a fire, you know, super quick like yourself, Tom, you know what I mean? Stick bundles, blah, blah, blah. She wanted to set it up with these fires because these were going in the in the more catalogs. And she's like, that fire is shit, Joe. I've never seen such an ugly fire in all my days. She's like, I can't photograph that. I'll <laughs> <laughs> like, be in my trailer. Do you know who I am? You know what I mean? So I had to take the fire down and build it again. It still wasn't pretty enough. It burnt down too fast. By the time she set the cameras up, the fire was gone. I was like, oh, God. And that went on for for four days and I thought to myself wow wow this is something else and that's when I got that nervous and criticism she's like right I need a feather stick by god I've never put so much concentration into a feather stick they're not <laughs> yeah. enough they're on too 
too much side of the stick. Why did you pick that stick? It's ugly. <laughs> but I was like, okay, cool. I've learned this now. We went our separate ways and met him, met him later. But it was it was an intense four days, and again, got to show me a different side of the outdoor community that it, to have respect for too. Well, absolutely. The the amount of work that goes into professional photographers and videographers i mean the video you've got of of your like intro on 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 your website yeah. joe is mm-hmm. beautifully filmed yeah. i can only imagine how long that took to film <laughs> <laughs> it took long enough especially because they tried to get me into a frozen lake that was the hardest part yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, it, but it's worth it because it came out great but oh, yeah, incredible piece that. of art <laughs> oh no thank you i'm super proud of it all credit to um uh, to to Nicholas, the videographer, he's just absolutely outstanding, and he has the patience of a saint. <laughs> you know? so, totally cool, and it's um, a different thing as well too with those videos. There, um, because uh, you're representing companies, and that's another part of bushcraft journeys that I uh, I wasn't prepared for, um, because I never thought I'd get there, you know. But then, when you're when when there's budgets, times, cameramen. And you got to do things to a level that isn't going to make the companies look bad or you look foolish. Mm. It, it's it's a different it's a different beast altogether. And it was a true pleasure to experience. Um, in, being in those videos, I'll never I'll never turn down the chance to be part of them because it's like like the course curriculum, the logistics around making a video of that scale, even though it's only two and a half minutes, is is staggering. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, even with my like humble. Um channel which like i remember filming the first time i did bow drill and mm. i i got a coal on the third attempt i think and yeah i then blew it to fl- so I got, I got the coal and i was i was gonna put it in the bundle and then i was like oh i haven't moved the camera so i then had to go move the camera back and by the time i got back to my bundle the coal gone out so i do yeah. the bow drill again get another coal like right pick up where where i was before i moved the camera i'm like right let's go film so i blow <laughs> the bundle into flame and I'm like, right, yeah, cool, bow drill segment done. And then I'm like, no, nah, it needs another angle. <sighs> so at this point, I've done the bow drill like four or five times <laughs> to get like a 30-second clip. And I'm like, oh, again now. And then I got a comment on my channel uh, on this video because it was in a tiny little woodland. I'd said at the beginning it wasn't a wilderness environment. It was just a local woods that I, I, I was uh, paying the guy to let me camp in it. And he was like, oh, yeah, look at you playing around in your little playground with all your Gucci gear uh, and something like that. And he's like, you could at least bloody wear your hat straight. <laughs> and I'm like, I have sweat, leaves of sweat, to film this bodra for you, and you're commenting on the angle of my hat. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. The reason why my hat isn't straight is because I passed out on my sixth attempt. I collapsed, <laughs> but I stayed in the game. Oh. No, it, it happens. I have a, I have a silky video that I put up. Um, and and I don't do I don't do straight videos anymore now because of like I said that whole my name is Joe moment that happened. <laughs> so uh, if I if I do go to make a video, especially one that's that's a paid production, so I was uh, during COVID, I was asked to do some live videos for for festivals that couldn't happen, you mm-hmm. know, and I was asked to do a video on uh, saws and safe saw techniques, and the video was sponsored by by Silky, and I said okay, I'll I'll do that. So me being in, it, yes, I'm not making primitive tools and stuff like that. I think that's a, a beautiful part of what we do. 
but there's so many different facets between natural green woodworking spoon carvers, people who make primitive spears, work with bone, that kind of thing. There's so many different facets. Um, but I've been on social media doing the outdoors sharing journey thing for, for coming up to a, probably a decade now. So I'm well aware of trolls and questions. And I even keep all the questions that are asked me, whether they're about my half being sideways, like you got Tom, I'm like, right, okay, cool. That dude might have just been having an angry day. I don't know who hurt him, but I'll make sure my hat straight in future or I won't wear a hat. One or the other, you know? So I like to think that I'm, I'm still pretty refined. And so I gave this video my all because the people who were backing it were friends and 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 it was uh, me and Ida's first step out onto the YouTube stage. So I said, right, we're going to get this hat straight, zip up, pockets, belt tucked in. You know, I prepared a script anticipating these questions, right? Don't compare yeah. saws to axes. Make it clear that you're talking about calories. Make it clear that you're talking about how a saw might be good for a beginner and then they can graduate to an axe. You know, how yeah. all these facets that came from uh, the, the internet troll sliding into touch base on YouTube videos. And, and, and like that, using that negativity made those videos super clear. You know what I mean? And has made my oration and projection, I hope on those videos, at least a bit better. So I, I, I do this video. It's 15 minutes long. Um, I, I put in, arb I don't make it all about the saw. I talk about arborist cuts, biomes, absolutely everything. Nice. Um, it, it went really well, 11,000 views, 300 something likes, uh, great approval rating, loads of positive comments. It's been up for probably six or seven months. And then yesterday, <laughs> <laughs> then yesterday out of nowhere, this, this, and I always leave the comments there, this lad comes sliding in and goes, who do you think you are? Stop comparing. And he's, there's an awful lot of swearing. <laughs> Stop comparing saws to axes. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> I, mean, I, really, I really tried. I couldn't have tried any harder not to compare saws to axes. He's but just maybe... having an absolute freak out in his bedroom <laughs> yeah. at home, just throwing things around. Yeah. Like, does he need help? But like at the same time, I was like, okay, next time, Joe, let's. Let's let's go for ten out of ten. You, know I mean? you might have wrote a speech that you you clearly define how you're not comparing saws to axes, but next time let's just say it out straight that you're not yeah. comparing saws to axes. No, so it's very important to have those things. You learn so much from the haters, and I think you 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 can end up putting yourself. And this is what people like just to bring us back talking about ego and failure. Yeah, don't surround yourself in an echo chamber. But don't surround yourself with people who will who will put you down either. There's a big difference between somebody who was saying, Joe, I think you can try this differently next time and you'll be better, to somebody who was saying that you'll never be anything. Or don't try it. Yeah, exactly. And it's yeah. very important to associate between that. And it's like I said, again, it's great to see that dynamic between you two guys. And, and I hope so many people out there... Um, look at their friends in this space and and say hey i've got some awesome people behind behind my six because uh, to 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 end it on a culmination of a note to bring us back to failure to bring us back to ego to bring us back to friends yeah i was i was at an event with danny reed i was gonna danny ask you to to not forget this story yeah yeah that, i remember you saying you saying you had a little <laughs> something for him so. exactly i was i was at this event with with, with danny reed and Danny Reed is possibly one of the best bushcraft wingmen you can ever have. I mean, the knowledge that Danny has is unbelievable. And he's a he's a social chameleon. And I was 
somehow managed to get backed into a corner, as does happen at these festivals when, um, especially if you're on the poster, maybe people know who you are, maybe people don't, but they, they, they still want to come over and ask you questions, nonetheless. Yep. Now, I know now that birch is notoriously impossible to get a coal out of. Don't ever try and make a set with birch or any part of birch. Birch is for ferro rods only, boys. Unfortunately, unfortunately, this particular day, um, I had a crowd around me and just just one of those audience members um, that was being a little bit too pushy. I was tired and um, I was being asked about friction fire, which seems to be the moniker of what I have. Not not with hand drills, I'm no hand drill expert, but at least with bow drills, it seems to be probably because I've done so many demos now. That's what I get asked to do. And and this guy was like, you know, uh, here, you know, make a call out of this and blah, 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 blah. And I could see what he was setting me up to do. But I'm also, as you've seen, a lad that doesn't like to be told I can't do something. I'll, if I had been there still to this day trying to get a call out of that, I would be, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, so he hands me this set. And instantly, I know that it's Birch. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> you know I mean? And everybody's armed with cameras. And it's like, oh, thank you, ego. Meanwhile, my ego's getting in the car and driving off. Bye, Joe. Bye. <laughs> it's gone. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, OK, cool. I make the spindle, I carve the set, I'm talking through it, giving a little mini lesson in the corner, a pocket lesson, if you will, to like eight or nine people. But then, of course, you know yourself, the set starts squeaking, smoke starts rising, and that thing is like a magnet. You know, I mean, all the people are yeah. coming. And I knew, I knew I wasn't going to get it. I just knew. I was like, I can't get enough pressure. I need a second foot. I need a second arm. You know, it's not going to happen. And I don't know where Danny was. I think he was over at like, you know, the hot dog stand or maybe he was over talking to boys at the at the food tent. But I'm convinced his spider sense or his bushcraft sense went off and he could just hear the sound of birch on birch and a man struggling. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what's going on? Next of all, the crowd parted like a wet sea. Danny came in like Babe Root sliding the home base across the gravel, sprung up like some sort of video game character straight into the bow drill position, gave me the wink, and we smashed it out of it. You know, boy. smashed <laughs> it out of it. Now, afterwards, he told me, Joe, Birch on Birch, it's completely stupid. Don't do that again. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, no, Danny, I'm so sorry. You know what I mean? But, he saved me and, and not not even saved me in a in a in a crazy way, but he he could see that I was struggling and yeah. jumped in and done it. And then we had a great discussion after it about different sets, different combinations. We even picked up the set and sat down and, and like, geez, why didn't it work? Or it was polishing out here, Danny. I mean, we couldn't get pressure on it and the spindle wasn't cut the right way. So it was vibrating in the notch and all this kind of stuff. And, you know. Some people maybe not be able to take those criticisms, but I'd take them from somebody of Danny's expertise all day long, especially when he had literally only saved me a couple of moments before. Because <laughs> before I was doing, have you ever seen the pictures where I'd done that huge bow drill with Dave Campbell? Oh, the massive yep. work. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, it wasn't going to work, but then Danny mobilized some sort of workforce consisting of Johan Schoolman and Rude Van Teel and all these boys. He <laughs> just flips out a flip phone. It's like, boys, we're on. <laughs> it's time to drill, boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like the Winston Wolf of bushcraft, Danny. Is. Like, you know what I mean? And he's like, I got you, Joe. I got you, Six. I was like, no, I don't want to do this. It's fine. I got the boys. <laughs> you know what I mean? They all showed up and we had the crack pool. It, all those elements of 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 watching your ego and not being afraid to fail um puts you into these fantastic positions absolutely fantastic positions and you know listen to the critics but don't take it in don't don't let it don't let it wash over you you know but take 
take the lessons from what they're saying, if anything, just to avoid it. You know, some people will just be caustic, like the hat comment. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, you're going to get, well, I get it almost on the daily basis. But at the same time, I've, I've learned so much. I mean, uh, I, I do thank my critics for watching. All the time, you know what I mean? Because a view is a view. That's what critics Absolutely. don't realize either. You know, interaction is interaction. You're, you know, thanks for helping me. But at the same time, I do listen to them because there's nothing worse than surrounding yourself in this, in in an echo chamber of the Dunning Kruger effect. It can be a very dangerous way for learning outside. I think like positive feedback and just constructive feedback is so important and uh, I think a good message for all of us to take as well from this is kind of uh, try to be the Danny Reed in, in your best mate kind of in, in life you know uh, as Tom has been to me he's put, a, put an arm on my my arm and helped me push down that spindle to get an ember um, yeah. so yeah anyone listening it works, it works if you see your friends um, you know struggling just ah, embrace, embrace it and help. <laughs> exactly. And have, yeah. yeah, just have each other's back. Like it we're is. all in this together. We're all about learning. The whole living to learn community is it's all about that, isn't it? It's about sharing, it's about asking questions, it's about accepting constructive feedback. And it is. The more we help each other, uh, the the more we'll learn. Yeah. And there's there's so many people out there um to, to don't be afraid to ask. There's like 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 Paul, you guys, um, myself, I answer every DM that's ever sent to me. Stephen from Field and Steel, Danny from the Bushcraft Journal. There's oh my god, there's so many people out there <laughs> in so many schools um that that would that would always help. So many people on so many forums. I mean, I wouldn't be here and I don't think anybody would, but I, I think no. I'm one of the few that will admit that without those people, instead of turning around to look down on me reached a hand out to help me up um, yeah. I, I wouldn't be here and uh, I'm just repaying all those kindnesses that were shown to me way back in the day well that's why we wanted to have you on the show and you know <laughs> is, is there any any way for anyone who hasn't somehow miraculously hasn't come across you can find you because uh, it'd be <laughs> nice for any you know listeners who haven't heard of Joe can go over and see your stuff oh I, I appreciate that shout out guys um well there's the living to learn community um I post there every day and, and I interact there every day and it's, it's a very um, important place to myself and it's a place dear to my heart. But and then there is, is it? yeah, that's on Facebook. Um, and then on, on Instagram, I'm just uh, Joe underscore price underscore L2L, which is short for living to learn. Um, and you can find me there. That's where I post my Gucci stuff. That's where that's where <laughs> Gucci stuff goes because it's the platform for it. Um, I do like to take pictures of shiny knives and shiny axes, just like anybody else. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> and then I'm I'm on YouTube. Uh, uh, you can type my name into YouTube. There's Living to Learn on YouTube, and there's also uh, myself and Edith's channel, which is brand new, which is called uh, Eskog Okmark. It's in Swedish, but I S K O G will get you there. And yeah. and of course, guys. <laughs> use thank you for having me on and let me uh let me ramble on and voice some opinions and maybe maybe we can somebody will listen and help and it'll help them. <laughs> no thank you so much joe for coming on it's been it's been amazing having you on it's been hilarious like for some of the stories uh but also it's been really like uh it's been nice to hear from from someone in the community that that shares our sort of outlook on the world our sort of ethos about helping other people and um le- actually yeah just actually admitting that yeah things don't go right all the time that's fine Learn yeah. <laughs> it is don't be afraid to fall down just make sure a toddler stay a safe distance from a bowl set you'll be all right you'll be all right <laughs> don't set- 
fire to your tap. Yeah, that might be a good <laughs> <No>. start. <laughs> Just stay away from anything flammable and sharp while you're learning, and, and you should be okay. And I wish you guys the, the best of success. I love the podcast and the dynamic that you guys have, and I think people just listening to the show and just seeing how how you guys interact with each other and what you do in the world is is going to be very beneficial you know no, thank but you the very best much. wishes for you guys no, thank you so much joe um yeah really appreciate having you on it's <laughs> been a an honest pleasure and one of those things you know my brain is just going at the moment and there's so many things <laughs> but we're gonna ha- we're gonna have to get you back on for another show yeah, really there, there's about a million other things i want to <laughs> yeah about. i'm looking at the fact that we're like nearing one one hour 50 at the, at the minute <laughs> <laughs> no it's problem i mean I'd love to come back on again just to hear how your your lessons are going and, and how your 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 demo goes, Tom, and, and how you are all progressing out there too. So it'd be a pleasure to be back sometime, guys. Again, thank you so much, guys. I appreciate hey, thanks it. Thanks so much. And uh, yeah, we hope you've enjoyed that episode, guys. Um, it's been yeah wonderful to have Joe on. Me and Tom have enjoyed it so much. So yeah, thanks for listening. It's been a very special episode. I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, awesome.